Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's word. Enjoy the message. Romans chapter 6, I'm going to read verse 23. And it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to speak under the title, Don't Miss the Gift. Don't miss the gift. Let me ask you, have you heard the story about a little boy named Benjamin who wanted a baby sister for Christmas? And when I say he wanted a baby sister, he's like, really, really, really wanted a baby sister for Christmas. And so he decided he needed to do something about it. He decided he's going to write a letter to God. And so he got out his piece of paper and he got out his pencil and he began to pen the words, Dear God, I have been a really good boy this year. And then he paused and realized that's not true at all. And so he crumpled up the piece of paper and he threw it away and the little boy grabbed another piece of paper and got his pencil out and he started again. He's like, Dear God, I've been a pretty good boy this year. Then he stopped and thought about it. Well, that's not very motivational in my beginning. And so he crumpled up that piece of paper and he threw it away. And then he had suddenly this, this, this thought run through his brain. He's like, what? It's the best thought I've ever had in my life. And so he took that thought and he put feet to it. And what he did is he ran into the living room. And he looked underneath the Christmas tree where he remembered the nativity scene was. And he looked at the the figurines that were there, the Mary and the Joseph and the baby Jesus and the shepherds. And he got down on all fours and he crawled under the tree to the nativity scene. And he remembered that his mom said he was never to touch those figurines. But he figured in that moment she would understand. And so he quickly grabbed the little statue of Mary And he took Mary and he ran into the bathroom where he grabbed a bath towel and he wrapped up the little statue of Mary in the bath towel. And he took his bath towel into his room and hid it deep under his bed. And then he got the third piece of paper out and got his pencil and began to write, Dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again. Now, although Benjamin's theology was a little off, he knew what he wanted, right? He wanted that baby sister. And I wonder how many of us are looking forward to getting a certain gift tomorrow, hoping that it's under the tree. But I I would guess, although there are a lot of us that are looking forward to that, there are probably more of us in this place that are excited to give gifts, aren't we? We're excited about that. There's something special, even if you're a little kid, a teenager, an adult, there's something special about giving a gift to someone else, someone that you care about, and seeing their eyes light up, and seeing it be a big deal to them, and seeing how thankful they are, and the surprise on their face whenever they open up that present. And if we've ever done that before, and if you haven't, it's a good time to start, and that is to give a a gift to a special person in your life, we know that there is a plan that has to be put together, right? It starts with an idea, like, I, I just want to bless that person. And then you have that idea of, like, this is how I'm going to do it. And you then invest the resources and the time in order to make it happen. And then you choose the moment of revelation, right? 
when is it that you're going to present that to them and then they're going to open it up and be blown away? And at Christmas time, we are given this opportunity to pause and to reflect on the mind-blowing reality that God had a desire so long ago to bless his creation. He had the, the desire to do that, and then he had the idea and the plan of how to make that happen. And then we, we reflect on the fact that God had planned this before time ever began. That God planned this before anything or anyone was ever created. And then, as we read through history and we read the Bible, we see that God, over and over again, was setting up history so that that day would come. The day that he had been planning for, the day when he wanted to give people a gift. It was 2,000 years ago. It was an ordinary night. We read about this in the scriptures that the shepherds were there. They were just doing what they always do. And then suddenly an ordinary night became extraordinary, right? When the, the sky exploded with light and the angels began to sing. We wish we could have been there to hear that. And then suddenly the shepherds are on their faces, right? You're like, no, you're missing it. You're missing what's happening. Why? Because they were afraid. And this massive angel reveals to them what was up, reveals to them that God had just shown up on planet Earth and lets them know that today in the town of David, which was Bethlehem, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And that ordinary night became extraordinary just like that. It was the biggest surprise the biggest news, the biggest shock that the shepherds had ever experienced in their entire lives. They did not see it coming, but we know that God did, right? God had been planning this before time even began. And throughout time, throughout the centuries, God continually through his prophets was foretelling what was going to happen. What was going to happen. Hundreds of prophecies about Jesus. In fact, one of those, Micah chapter 5 was written over 700 years before the birth of Christ. Detailing a number of things, including even the place where Jesus would be born, in the town of Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 says, But you, Bethlehem, although, although you are the least of all the clans of Judah, out of you will come one for me who will rule over Israel. Every detail prophesied hundreds of years before. This extraordinary plan. And 2,000 years ago, boom, happened. God wrapped himself in flesh and stepped into the planet, onto this earth that he had created. His name, Jesus, and he came at the perfect time in the perfect way, in the perfect plan that he had put together before time even began. That's what he did. Wrapped himself in flesh and showed up. Here's the thing. There are... 31,102 verses in our Bible. 31,102. That's a lot. And every single one of those verses points in some way, somehow, to Jesus. Some way, somehow, points to Jesus. The Old Testament is pointing forward to Jesus. The New Testament is looking back like this is what Jesus did. This is who he is. And God accomplished it. Extraordinary. This all happened 2,000 years ago, but as we are now 2,000 years later, here we are Christmas Eve. There are a couple things that jump out to me about the accounts as we read them and as we've read even portions of them in these last few moments of our service. One of the things that 
jumps out to me on this Christmas Eve is that Jesus, God in the flesh, actually came. That he actually came. I mean, God knows everything. He is all-knowing, and he knew what he was getting himself into, and he still came. He knew that he was going to be stepping into a mess, right? The mess that we've made it here on this earth. Kind of reminds me a little bit of all of us dog owners who know that in the spring when the snow melts, we're so excited it's warm, but in the backyard, it is a minefield, right? Bombs everywhere have gone off in our backyard, and boom, now they are visible everywhere. And I find that in the spring, I have to walk around our backyard very strategically. And we have a small dog. Those of you that have the big dogs, they are so cool. But I can't even imagine how you even walk through your yard. I mean, like, like how does it work? It's a mess everywhere you step. And Jesus, God, knew that when he stepped onto planet Earth 2,000 years ago, he was stepping into a mess. War, racism, jealousy, you name it. Sin, evil, anything you can think of. That's what he was stepping into. And he was coming to the people that he had created. And what's interesting is that the people did not receive him as the creator. They did not receive him even as being special. We read in, in, in John chapter 1 that he came to his own and his own did not even receive him. He came to his own and his own did not even receive him. How sad is that? He knew, because he knows everything, that when he stepped into planet earth, that he was going to be misunderstood by his family. Before that, he was going to be born to a very, very poor family. He was going to be laid in an animal trough. He was going to be betrayed by his disciples. He was going to be accused by his haters, right? He was going to be scorned and scoffed, and he was going to be cursed and spit on, and he was going to be beat. And he still came, knowing all of that. He still came. He still came. Even though he knew exactly what was going to happen, he still came. Philippians chapter 2 says that he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And he knew all of that, and he still came. There's something else that really jumps out to me, though, as I read these accounts in the Gospels about Jesus, is that the people who were around at that time totally missed it. They totally missed the significance of what was happening. God in the flesh stepping into their earth, into their communities, and they completely missed it. I mean, the shepherds were told, if you read the account, that uh, they were to go and to tell people, to spread the news. And so they, 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 they did. They went around and they told people. That the Messiah was born. They told people what the angels had said, and it was this remarkable experience that they had. They went around and did that, but there's no record of anyone even taking one step to go see Jesus. Isn't that amazing? The shepherds did their job, but everybody was so busy. Can you relate? Everybody was so busy that there is no record of anyone showing up at the birth of Christ besides smelly shepherds. 
And it's not like they didn't know. They were told. To sum it up, these people, the Israelites who had been told for centuries that they need to get ready, get ready, get ready, because the Messiah is going to be born, he's going to be born right there. And even though they heard that, many of them had it memorized, they totally missed it. They totally missed it. In fact, almost everybody missed it. Almost everybody missed it. Kids, listen to me. Think about this. Let's say tonight your parents say to you, we're going to give you a really big gift. A big gift. And then they tell you to go to bed. And they just say, you're going to get a big gift. And then you go to bed and you're, you're, what, you're trying to sleep, but it's hard. Because you're thinking about that big gift. You don't know what it is. You can only imagine, but it is big. They just said it was big. Mom and dad usually didn't say it was big. This time they said it was big. And you are trying to go to sleep. You can't. You're just thinking about that again and again and again. Finally, it's morning time. Maybe you fell asleep. You get up in the morning. You're a little tired, but you don't care because there's a big gift. Now, you might forget to brush your teeth that morning. You might forget to eat breakfast. But you're probably not going to forget about the big gift, right? Now, what if you get up in the morning and this gift was in your living room right here? Come on. Now, I'm not just talking to, uh, to the kids. Think about that, adults, teenagers that are here. That this gift is in your living room. For most of us, that's way bigger than our living room, right? So just go with me here on this illustration. But you get up and it's so big that, that I mean, you're just like, you have to like walk around it to get to the kitchen. It's so big there's no room for chairs or couches or TVs or anything like that. This thing is filling up the entire thing. Now, if this thing was in your house, in your living room, when you get up tomorrow morning, would you forget about it? As you're trying to go to the bathroom. No way. You're not going to forget about it. You're not going to be able to ignore it. You can't miss it. It's too big. It is too big. There's no way you're going to overlook this thing if it's in your house tomorrow morning. It's too big. It stands out too much. See, the biggest and the greatest gift that was ever given was given by God, and the gift was God himself. The biggest and the greatest gift that was ever given. And here we are on this Christmas Eve, and I have this privilege to stand before you and talk to you about the gift. The greatest and biggest gift that was ever given. I get to talk to you about it. And I hope you don't miss it. I hope you don't miss it. I hope you don't walk past it. I hope you don't be like, oh, I didn't see that. I hope you don't try to put it on your, your, your shelf until next Christmas Eve and not think about it. Don't miss the gift. Don't miss the gift. And you might say, well, Pastor Keith, how in the world can we miss this thing? <laughs> if this thing's in our house, how in the world could we ever miss that? But the reality is there, there are a lot of people that miss it. A lot of people that miss the gift. Some, some of them because they've never heard about the gift. They've never really understood it. They've ne it's never been explained to them. They've never really uh, had an, a clear description of the gifts. Or, or maybe they have never had an encounter with a true Christ follower who truly lived like Christ. And so it's difficult for them to understand the gift. But then there are some of us in this place, we have heard about the gift so much 
that it's like it doesn't do anything for us anymore. It hurts so much. Maybe you, you've grown up in church. You've heard about it so much. You grew up hearing about it. You've heard about the gift again and again and again and again. You see, th- th- something that's interesting about our minds, they're actually hardwired in order to notice when new stimulus or a new, st- or a new stimuli is introduced into our environment. There's something, the way that our minds are hardwired, the way that God created us is we, we notice it. And for a time, we are acutely aware of sights, of sounds, of smells, of beauty, because we haven't seen it before. And all of a sudden, it is vivid in our eyes, in our mind, in our experience. But over time, what happens is that the awareness begins to fade away, because we're seeing it all the time. There's actually a term for it. It's called unintentional blindness. That's a thing. It happens with sunrises. It happens with snow. It can happen in marriage. And it can happen with the greatest gift that has ever been given. A gift that is so sacred. A gift that can't be missed. A gift that we can't forget about. We can't overlook it. A gift that can't be missed. In our text today, Romans chapter 6, there's a verse that is one of the central verses of the entire Bible. Verse 23, we read it just a few moments ago. And in this verse, there are a few clues that we can pull out of here on this Christmas Eve that will help us to not miss the gift. The first one is this, to not miss the gift, admit you need the gift. To not miss the gift, admit you need the gift. Our main text says, for the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin, the result of sin is death. But we have a problem, and that is none of us like to admit when we're guilty. If you want to make someone upset at Christmas dinner tomorrow, take out your notes. I'm going to give you a tip here. If you want to make some people upset, tell them as you're eating your turkey and your mashed potatoes that they did something wrong. Tell them that they're guilty of something that you saw in their life. And what's going to happen? They're going to throw down their fork and say, how dare you judge me? How dare you judge me? Who are you to tell me how to live? Who are you to tell me what to do? I can do what I want. This is my life. And you can't say anything about it. That's probably one of the main phrases in 2022 that maybe all of us have heard in our world is don't judge me. Don't judge me. Nobody wants to be judged. I don't even want to be judged. You don't want to be judged. Let's just be honest. But in order for us to not miss this gift, we have to admit that we actually need it. Because this gift was given for sinners. You say, well, Pastor Keith, sinners. Like, I mean, I know her or him, but. But the reality is the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. All of us. It goes on to say that no one always does what is right, not even one. All sin. All fallen short. And it's been happening for a really, really long time. Ever since Adam and Eve were in the garden, God placed them into his perfect creation. Can you imagine that? Like, no sin was there, no sorrow, no sickness, nothing. 
that encompasses the things that we don't like. <laughs> None of it was there. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And there was one thing that God told Adam not to do, and uh, it was the one thing that Adam did. Adam chose to disobey God, and what happened is sin then got introduced into the world, into God's creation, and therefore subsequently came sickness and death and everything else that we try to avoid. Adam chose to sin, and every one of his descendants, including you and me, followed suit. In fact, the Bible teaches us that we were born into sin and that we are ruled by it, apart from Christ. All of us fallen short, all of us in need, because when we fall short of the grace of God, the glory of God, when we fall short, we are separated from God. Separated from God, cut off from God. And so to not miss the gift that God has for us on Christmas Eve, we have to admit that we need the gift. Because without the gift, we are hopeless. Another clue that we find in this verse, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, is that to not miss the gift, we need to believe the gift is a gift. We have to believe the gift is a gift. Other translations of our Bibles uh, reveal this phrase, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's, it's defined as a free gift. Other translation says it's a gracious gift of God. And it's the Greek word charisma, which means a gift or a favor that one receives without any merit of its own. Meaning it, it, it's not a payment for what you've done or a loan for what you will do. It's a gift. I remember Lacey and I first started dating. We were about six months in, and she invited me to come to her extended family's Christmas uh, get-together. And I remember that, that evening, I was like, oh, I don't really know these people that well. I'm like, okay, what are their names again? Uncle, who, who, whoever his name, aunt, whoever. Okay, she's the one. Okay, I'm trying to get all these names right. Six months in dating. I show up at this Christmas gathering. We eat a little bit, and then it's time for gifts. And I'm just like, okay, you know, this is cool. Don't know these people. Sitting by Lacey. And then all of a sudden, they're given gifts, and I discover that all of them gave me a gift. I'm still trying to learn their names. Like Uncle David and Aunt Carol. Uncle Larry. Even Aunt Cheryl. Like all these relatives of hers that I don't really even know. I've met them. That's it. They start handing me a gift, and I'm, all, I'm opening up all these gifts from all these people. And on one hand, it was pretty awesome, actually. Who doesn't want some gifts? It was awesome, but on the other hand, it was very awkward because I didn't get them anything. Actually, it never even crossed my mind to get them anything. I walk out of that room with a haul. I'm serious, like all this new stuff, I'm like, what just happened? But inside it was like, oh, but I didn't do anything for them. But isn't that what a gift really is? If it's truly a gift, it's given without an expectation of getting anything in return. If it's given as a gift, there's no expectation for someone to pay you back because it's given as a gift. What I want us to understand about the gift, the biggest and the greatest gift that was ever given, God himself, is that this gift is free. This gift is free. This gift is free. 
If you ever feel like you don't deserve the gift of God, just remember, you don't. The gift is free. I love this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh. He never sinned. Perfect. And yet went to the cross on our behalf to pay the penalty for our sins so that we could be right with God. This gift is free. I love that this gift is forever. Our text says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Eternal life. Forever. Forever. There's no gift that you're going to give to someone tomorrow that will last forever. Nope. But there is a gift that will last forever. The gift of God is eternal Life. You see, every single one of us, when we pass from this life, we will stand before God at judgment. And we will either pass into an eternity in hell, apart from the presence of God for all of eternity, or we will be received into the presence of God for all of eternity. This gift is for ever. And finally, this gift is for everyone. I love that. It's for everyone. No one left out. If you're like my mom, you buy gifts for the kids, you buy kids for, gifts for the grandkids, and you spend the same amount of money. Okay, and that was very important to my mom. As I recall growing up, we would come together at Christmas morning, we'd open up our presents, and if my mom had spent, and this is no exaggeration that I know of, according to my memory, if my mom spent six cents more on my sister, I would find in one of my presents six cents. To make it even Stephen. Why? Because she loved all of us the same. I don't know why she didn't love me more than my sisters. If you ever met my sisters, I'm just saying. She loves us the same. I hope we never get tired of hearing John 3.16. I hope we never do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever... Any whosoever's here? It's me. It's you. That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever. Whosoever. is a gift for everyone. I remember when I was younger, a number of years ago, and I accepted this gift. What gift? The biggest and the greatest gift that's ever been given, given by God, and the gift, God himself. When I accepted the gift that was uh, free, that was for everyone, that was forever. When I accepted that gift, I'm telling you, I experienced the peace of God in me. I know that because before that I didn't have it. And then I got it. Peace of God. I was in right relationship with God, and I knew it. For the first time, I knew it, and I still do today. I know it. I've got the peace of God. God also put in me the purposes of God. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I had to tell my friends. I had to. I had to. 
I had to to let them know that this gift is free and it's forever and it's for everyone. I had to because God put his purposes inside of me. This gift of God himself means sins forgiven. My sins forgiven. It means an eternity promised. Like I know where I'm going. It means relationship restored. That I'm right with God. Not because of anything I've done, believe me. It's because of him. Because he gave a gift, and the gift was himself. God put on flesh, came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for our sins, rose again on the third day exactly as he said. Sitting on the throne in heaven right now, his name is Jesus, and he offers you that gift. He offers you that gift. I want to ask everyone in this place, if you would, to please bow your heads for a moment of reflection and response. It gives you an opportunity to ask yourself the question, am I in right relationship with God? Am I in right relationship with God? Do you have peace with God right now? You either do or you don't. And if you don't, you can. And maybe that's why God brought you here tonight, so that you on this Christmas Eve could be challenged to not miss the gift, to not walk past it, to not overlook it, but to receive the gift, the gift of God himself in Jesus Christ. How do you accept this gift? Well, uh, God didn't make it so that you had to fill out a questionnaire or do a list of do's and don'ts, and then maybe, maybe, maybe on a good day you might get accepted. And the Word of God says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he was, they were given the right to become children of God. How awesome is that? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, whoever believes, whoever believes, that's placing your faith and placing your life in the hands of the one who created you and accepting the gift that he made possible by coming to this earth, the gift of salvation, the gift of sins forgiven, the gift of eternity promised, the gift of relationship restored. And for those in this place, you walked in, not for sure if you're at peace with God, not for sure if you're right with God, you can be sure by calling on the name of the Lord and placing your faith in him. How many in this place will lift up a hand no matter your age and say, I want to get right with God today. I want to accept this free gift of Jesus into my life. Would you just lift up a hand right now? It's wherever you are, all over this room. Children, teenagers, adults. Slip up a hand right where you're at. Others, yes. Are there others? You slip up a hand right where you're at. So yeah, today, I want to be in right relationship with God. I want to be at peace with God. I want to be right with Him. I want to lead in a prayer for those that lifted a hand and others, maybe you didn't lift a hand, but you're like, I want in on this. I, I want to get right with God. I want to make sure. I want to accept His free gift of salvation. Would you join with me in this prayer as well? And I'm going to ask believers in this place, would you also pray with me? Uh, giving courage to those who lifted a hand. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, I admit that I've sinned against you. I have fallen short of your standards again and again and again. 
I am not worthy of you or your salvation. But that's the point. I admit that I need you. And I believe in you. That you are the greatest gift ever given. And I invite you now to forgive me of my sins, to come into my life, and to be the Lord of my life for all of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, for those who responded, can we do what they do in heaven, what they're doing right now? It says that in heaven, sinner re repents, is rejoicing in heaven. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For those who responded and to step into relationship with the Lord, I invite you to tell someone before you even leave today. I also uh, ask you to take one of the cards that's in front of you. It's called Next Steps. And in it, you can just make a, a, a note on there, and you can drop it into one of the red boxes or give it to an usher. We just want to be praying for you throughout this coming week as we head into the new year. And we also want to send you a gift that's going to help you take your next steps. We encourage you to take part in that and to not miss it. And church, believers in this place, You've placed your faith in Jesus. As we head into these next few days, as we celebrate Christmas and New Year and all of these things, don't miss the gift. Don't miss the biggest and the greatest gift that has ever been given, given by God, and the gift, God himself. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. He is what it is all about. All about. In a moment, uh, we are going to take part in a, a candlelight element, and I'll explain more about that in just a moment. But I think it'd be important for us to, to pause and not be in a hurry over the next few moments as we just understand what happened when this gift came. God wraps himself in flesh. What happened was light came into a dark world. Light came. Light dispels darkness. And when he came, boom, light came. The kingdom of God came. His rule and his reign. John chapter 1 says it like this. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness cannot overcome light. Some of you in this place, you're believers, and there, it's been a tough year for you. You've faced some uh, big challenges. Maybe you've had some loved ones that have passed away. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety even right now. There are just some things that seem to have, like, peppered you and it just pushed against you. I want you to know light dispels darkness because in Christ, we have light in Christ. There is freedom. There is hope. And over these next few moments, even as we light candles, I'm praying that the light of God will shine in your heart, that you will have hope once again. Not just the next year is going to be better, but you will have hope that in your relationship with the Lord, you know God is with you. And that his light is more powerful than any darkness. And his freedom is power, more powerful than any bondage. May his light shine in us.
Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments.